welcome back to the Pleasing God podcast, a show that exists to help Christians think biblically, engage practically, and live faithfully for the glory of God. I'm your host, Jonathan Soule. Today I want to talk with you on the subject of living as an example. I want you to think about someone in your life that has made an impact It might be someone recently or from a long time ago, someone that was an example to you. I think in my elementary years, a time that my children remind me was in the 1900s, I was impacted by the great Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. I would get off the school bus, I'd get in the house, and a snack would be ready for me from my mom. I would plop down in front of a 300-pound tube TV that doubled over as a desk, And I would turn it on and I'd catch reruns of Saved by the Bell. Zach Morris was the coolest. He had the hairdo, this giant cell phone. He was a prankster. And he was this kind of good bad boy. I would watch him and I would want to be like him. When I was at school, I tried to emulate him. From using nearly a bottle of my mom's hairspray in the morning, I would try to dress like him and even try to emulate his attitude. I thought I was, as a third grader, Zach Morris 2.0. I would have to say that it was a very short-lived phase because unlike Zach Morris, I didn't get away with much of anything at that time. But the point is that he was an example to me, albeit not really a positive one. As Christians, We are both to look to examples and be examples to others. Ultimately, Jesus Christ is our example. We would read in 1 Peter 2, verse 21, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. Now we know that Jesus is much more than a moral example. He is the God-man who was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a sinless life and died as a substitute for all who would trust in him, bearing their penalty as a sacrifice to cover their sins. He is, in another word, the Savior of sinners. But he is also the one to whom we are to look as an example, as believers. We trust in him and his perfect work in life, and we also look to him as the example to follow. So that would naturally cause me to ask the question, how do we practically follow Jesus as our example? Well, the answer is the same way I did with Zach Morris, in four ways, by exposure, study, thinking, and doing. First, exposure. We must be exposed to Jesus. Now, there are various means of being exposed to Christ. A local church, certainly of extreme importance, small group Bible studies, YouTube sermons, a variety of books. You got to be careful with the variety of books that are out there. And all of these are good and important means by which we can be exposed to Christ. The primary source, though, is through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the difference between going on Wikipedia and looking up what Saved by the Bell is and actually sitting down and watching an episode. So exposure comes through primary sources, and that being the eyewitness accounts of the gospel writers. From exposure, we go to study. 
As you are exposed to Jesus in the Gospels, you are to study his actions, his words, and his attitudes. Here's just a few examples of ways we can study Jesus through the Gospels. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, we would read, Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. See, we can see even in Jesus there that he prioritized prayer. So as we look to him for an example there, prayer mattered to Jesus. He would rise early in the morning. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Here in Matthew, we see the heart of Jesus for the multitudes of people who need instruction, who need sound teaching, who need to be shown who he is. Another example, Mark chapter 10, verse 14. The disciples are kind of forbidden a a group of children to come up to Jesus. It really wasn't proper in those times for children to be interfering with the rabbi or the teacher's work. Children were better to be seen and not heard then. And Jesus says, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to them belongs the kingdom of God. We see the gentleness of Jesus as he engages with children, that they would come up to him and he would embrace them. Luke chapter 23, verse 34, a very famous passage. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they cast lots to divide his garments. This is while Jesus is being crucified. The Roman soldiers have taken him. Pontius Pilate, under the pressure of the Jews, has obliged to have Jesus crucified. And even while they were beating him and torturing him, his prayer was not for vengeance, but for forgiveness. That those who would do this such heinous act would be forgiven. It shows the selflessness of Jesus and his attitude towards sinners. In 1 Peter 2, verse 23, Peter really kind of summarizing the suffering of Christ and, and all that he went through, writes, When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. We see from the actions and words and attitudes of Jesus a glimpse of who he is, how he treated people, where his trust lied while he was on earth. And so we are to take the study of Jesus in the Gospels as we are exposed to Jesus and then study his life in the Gospels We are to study to soak it in, to absorb what we are taking in. It's not enough just to be exposed and maybe some surface level study. No, we're talking about a deeper study, an intentional study to absorb what we are taking in like a sponge submerged in water, not the useless, crusty sponge on the corner of the sink. Third, we move to thinking from exposure to study to thinking. When I wasn't exposed to or studying the moves of Zach Morris, I was thinking about how I could be like him. When the show was over and it would be time for dinner or go to bed and then the next morning to get on the school bus, I was ready to turn into Zach Morris. There was a mindfulness. As we are looking to follow Jesus as our example, it requires thinking. It requires mindfulness, intentionality. And if I was to bring these three things into a single word, thinking, mindfulness, intentionality, it would be prayer. Prayer is what you bring with you wherever you go. 
Exposure and study is done deliberately. Prayer is done intentionally wherever you are. As we think about being examples and following Christ as our example, here's a good morning prayer that we might want to even implement in our own lives. Something like, Father, that I may be mindful of Jesus, intentionally seeking to follow him and his example with whatever life throws at me today. And repeating that prayer throughout the day, maybe not in the same way, but this mindfulness, this thinking upon Christ as we go throughout our day, because we can't always be sitting in exposure or spending our time in study. There are things that we must do in life. We have responsibilities. We have jobs. We have those that we must care for. We have the priorities that we must see to being accomplished, but we can still pray. This is why the Apostle Paul would tell the Thessalonians to pray without ceasing, to be in a constant state of prayer, which is open dialogue with God. It is this ongoing conversation. Now, I I would advise you not to assume the traditional prayer posture of folding your hands and closing your eyes if you're driving a vehicle. There are appropriate times which you can assume different postures in praying, but God hears you whether your eyes are open or closed. God hears you even if words come out of your mouth or they're in your mind. Maybe the evening prayer would be one of evaluation as you would think back upon your day, living as an example, looking to Jesus as the example, and doing. James 1.22 tells us, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Friends, we must act. Just as I sought to emulate Zach Morris, we are to put feet to our prayers, action to our study, purpose to our exposure. Why are we exposed to the word of God? Why are we exposed to Jesus? What's the purpose and why all this study? Why pray? So that action may be taken. Understanding this and doing it is a never-ending process. I don't say that to discourage you, but to encourage you to continue in what you are doing. The more you know, the more you will grow. 2 Peter 3.18 tells us, But grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So why does this matter? Why does any of this matter? Well, we could say simply, it is the life that is pleasing to God. To follow Jesus as the example is to seek to live a life pleasing to God. But even practically speaking, you are that Zach Morris to someone else. You have people who look to you as an example. You cannot say, don't look at me, look to Jesus as an example. That's not an escape that you can use. Or do as I say, not as I do. That's never gained respect for anyone, nor is it even an effective practice. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, where he says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So even here, Paul understands that, yes, Jesus is the example, but as he is seeking to follow Jesus as the example, he knows that others will look to him as he follows Christ. That is the attitude of one who knows the responsibility of living as an example. So wherever you are in life, whatever you are doing in this phase that you're in, you are an example to someone. Moms, you have little ones. You are an example to them. They are exposed to you. They study you. They think. And then they do. Children are very smart. It's interesting when you see them start to pick up your mannerisms or they start picking up the words that you say, the attitudes that you have. Sometimes they do things and you're thinking, oh man, that's something I do that I don't want to do. They're always watching. 
not just moms with little ones, but pastors. There are many people that are exposed to you, that study you, that think and then do, that you have a high level of influence and exposure. So be mindful of that, that you are to live as an example on Sunday and then Monday through Saturday. Your life is an example to all as you stand before people, men in the workplace, your coworkers will look to you. How you handle conflict, how you handle disappointment, how you handle that obnoxious coworker, that difficult person. What do you do when you get passed over for the promotion or things just don't seem to be going your way? How you react says a lot and people are watching. Also, you might be in a position of middle management, upper management. People are going to watch your leadership. How do you treat those under your care? Are you kind? Are you gentle? Are you willing to get down and do the dirty work? Never ask somebody to do something that you yourself would not do. That's a great example. Grandparents, you're an example. You're an example to your children and your children's children. How you prioritize your time as you get into the latter years, that's an example. You have sometimes you're you're getting to the point closer to retirement that increases your exposure to your grandchildren. They're going to watch you. They're going to study you. They're going to think about you when you're not there. And they're going to do the things that they see you do. Maybe you're in college or a high school student and you're thinking, okay, well, I I don't really have to be an example because I'm just kind of looking to other people older than me. That's not true. You're an example to your friends. You're an example to your classmates, to your peer group. As you are exposed to those people, you will be an example to them. You will always be like those who you hang out with. Senior saints, those that have walked many years with Jesus, looking to him as their example, seeking to be exposed to him, study him, think and then do, understand there are many that are looking to you. Many in the church, in your own family, that look to you as an example. The longer that we have walked with Christ, the longer we've been Christians, the greater our influence grows. And don't think because you're reaching older years, maybe your mobility is slowing down, that you can have less of an impact. I would argue that you would have greater impact as you can be an example of faithfulness to all those that are coming behind you. Lay leaders in the church. This is another area of being an example in your leadership, in your faithfulness, in your consistency, in your actions and attitudes. People look to you. Sunday school teachers, there are many little children that that are looking to their Sunday school teachers as examples. In Mark Dever's little book on discipling, he emphasizes influence. The question that we need to ask is not, do I have influence? But rather, how am I using my influence? All of us, by virtue of being alive, have influence. Example that he uses is even the father that's absent from the home has an influence, albeit a negative one. So we all have influence. The matter is, how are we spending it or how are we using the influence that we have for the good of others? Think about those that you are exposed to. This is the area in which you have the greatest influence. And think about ways in which you can use that influence positively in their lives. Be mindful of your influence be intentional as an example. This is important. This means that when you fail, let it be known. I don't necessarily mean broadcast it on social media, 
But when you fail or you sin or you do wrong to someone close to you, somebody that is influenced by you, somebody that you are exposed to, you need to make that right. Go and seek forgiveness. This is a great way of being an intentional example as a Christian. Christians aren't perfect. Christ is perfect. But we are called to be genuine, authentic. The Christian that's a hypocrite is the one who never asks for forgiveness. We are not perfect examples, but we must strive to be genuine examples. We're after authenticity, not perfection, because we know perfection resides only in Christ. So ways in which we can be an example is through influence, being intentional, and imitation. I had already mentioned this before, but invite others to imitate you just as Paul did. Mark says in his book, quote, it requires you to be willing to be watched and then folding people into your life so they actually do watch, end quote. This is important. As we are seeking to live lives as examples, looking to Jesus as the example, we need to invite others into our lives. We need to be willing to have an open door policy. Come into my home, even if it's messy and it's crazy. Come into my life now. There are appropriate times and sometimes there are inappropriate times, but I think hospitality is one important way in which we can showcase our lives as examples. I know for my wife and I, we enjoy hosting a small group on Friday nights. It's a way of just inviting people into our lives, into our home, and being authentic and genuine with them. So as we think about living as an example, remember, exposure, study, thinking, which turns to praying, and doing is the path to following an example. As Christians, we do that towards Christ and towards others who do that focused on Christ. And we must be mindful that there are others that are coming behind us that are looking at us as examples. We're not going to be perfect, but we should be genuine in all of our dealings and all of our doings. May be encouraged as you think about living as an example, looking to Jesus, but also knowing that you have others that are looking to you. May you be challenged to live an authentic life, a genuine life, a more consistent life that is pleasing to God. I want to thank you for listening to the Pleasing God podcast. If you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us at questions at pleasinggodpodcast.org. And remember, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification.